Greetings and salutations out there, sports fans. It's time for another edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. But of course, this time it is a special edition. I mentioned it on the other one, the episode that's out now, episode 7. We're previewing some more college football, including the SEC being back. And I have to do it with my good friend Trey Pack from another network, another podcast. He is here. Trey, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. It feels like another life at this point. You know what I mean? Like, you have- it has been so long. Oh my goodness. It just it's it's another world. I I, I my wife and I have been calling it the before time, it seems like at this point. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really, really cool. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Uh yeah, I mean this I mean did, we haven't done this. I mean, it was pre-quarantine, pre, you know, everything else that's gone on in our entertainment lives. Like, man, it's really things have just really flipped on its head. But we're here. Football's back, man. I, I never thought in a million years we would be playing football in the fall. I, I didn't. The way it seemed to be going, and of course, in August when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 said no, thank you, and and it, and it just seemed like again. Because my wife, with her job as a teacher, she saw the students getting infected and all these. I just didn't know if we were going to have a start to the season, but it looks like it's happening, even though there are still games every week that seem to be postponed. I think like the Houston game again with Tulsa has been postponed. You've got a couple others that have been postponed as well. So it's interesting, but it looks like at least the way the SEC has done it, they seem to have made it through, I guess, the students coming back spike that people were kind of anticipating. So they've been able to have it. And it looks like all 14 SEC teams are good to go, at least as we are recording this on a Wednesday night. Yeah, for sure, man. And definitely just just to, to reiterate something you said a second ago, like when when those conferences came out and said that they weren't doing football – that, I mean, it, it really hit home. You know what I mean? Like, I remember in March when, like, the the pro, you know, the we didn't have the NCAA tournament, which we were, me and you were all excited to pick that. Oh, yeah. When that ended, I thought, well, you know, at first by fall, you know, give it a cut. It was two weeks to, to flatten the curve, and here we are six months later with games still, you know, being postponed. Um, yeah. And it has to be that way. I mean, it, it's this – you know the the world that we're living in right now is is so crazy. It's you have to be safe. Yeah, um, and you get two hundred thousand people dead already, and who knows how many was as the weather is starting to get cold here in Knoxville. You've got a couple of just nips of it getting cooler. So, yeah, it definitely feels like fall. It def- if and that's I was just uh, talking uh, about this the other day. It feels like we should have been having football. You know what I mean? Like by yeah. the time the weather changes in Tennessee. It, we're, you know, we've already lost to Florida at this point. But <laughs> exactly. We, you know, we're getting into to this year. And, and to be honest with you, I think we may have something I've been clamoring for forever. We may have a full year of college football. If it all pans out that way. I mean, if with the, the other conferences starting later, I mean, they're going to play into the summer is what it feels like. The way it feels like it, we, we could have that, which could be fun. I mean, I always want more football, good football, not when you throw in like the XFL and things like that, where it's like, give me some good college football, give me some good NFL, and I'm excited for it. Always love 
watching football and talking about football because it moves the needle in this country no matter how much we try and bring in the other sports and keep telling people soccer is just awesome to watch but i mean where <laughs> i work i've had people tell me to turn off live premier league soccer which is some of the best soccer you'll see and instead they'd rather watch a rerun of a preseason game between the jets and the vikings <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it's no uh it's definitely that way everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. just you know, traveling, doing comedy football really is king. Oh, yeah. Every part of the country, but no more than the South, man. Yep. I think it, I mean, with, from middle school up, man. I mean, it's where yeah. born and bred to, to love it. And it's good, too, because, again, the SEC, I think, made the right call with the way they've pushed it back. But then you look at the Big Ten where they said they're not going to do it, but then it looks like, again, with – Everything that's happened, they've pushed it back because they're only going to have an eight-game schedule with no wiggle room at all. You've got the, the eight games, I guess nine weeks to get it done, but that includes the championship game. And I said this on another pod, a couple of podcasts ago where it's like, if you are doing all of this based on the science and information that you have got, that's great. But if you're just doing it to, to please politicians, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, 100%. I, I would, it's definitely a lot of that to please politicians. I'll be honest with you, man. I think a lot of it has to do with, first off, the outcry from the players. I yep. mean, you know, you know how much I loathe, loathe Clemson. Yeah. I, I hope they never win another football game. Uh, but, I mean, guys like Trevor Lawrence, and, and you even had guys, you know, at home, Trey Smith and Brian Maurer and a lot of these guys leading the charge of they want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think when those conferences took that away, uh, if with with good reasoning, you know, I always feel yeah. people, they're not letting the kids play. It's like, man, it's not like they're in timeout. Like there is a global pandemic going on. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with the outcry of the players. And the sad truth of it is, I think it would hurt both those con- every school in those conferences with recruiting. Yeah, because if I- you're an SEC school going after you know a Michigan or Ohio kid, uh, you know somebody that's on their list, you, you can show them, hey, you, it's not just your school; it's your conference that you know tried to take football away. You just don't know when that's going to happen again. And, and money talks too, you know, I guess you're going to get more eyeballs watching it in the fall than if they played in the spring and you're going to get the better players. I mean, I think all most of the Ohio State players who opted out, I think have all come back now. So you have that's a big factor as well. But of course, what we love the most it's SEC football, and it, it's been interesting these first two true weeks of college football. You had week zero with a, a few uh, you know, smaller conference games thrown in there. I think What was the main event on Labor Day weekend, which is weird when it's like it's usually like a big conference game on Labor Day night. Right. And instead we've got BYU and Navy, which was, was like about the biggest game you get, and the Navy just pooped the bed the whole time with I know, that. I know. Um, but then so you, wild. and now you've got, you've had the last couple of weeks where you've had ACC games where they've played some non-conference, you've played some conference games and the big 12 got started. They haven't played any conference games really. So now, but it feels like now with the SEC back this week, it finally feels like this is the first real true week of college football. 
Yeah, man, you, you said it right there. I feel like even with some of the bigger schools playing, like I'm pretty sure Clem, like Clemson's had a game already. At least a lot of the they've had two. Schools, yeah, so that, those schools have had their big games, but they were the SEC opted to just play SEC teams. You know, a real schedule. Like those, you know, I think Clemson played the Citadel the other day. It's like, yeah. man, let's just let's play the games that yeah. that matter. And I'm not saying, you know, a team like Clemson is not going to run through their conference like they have the past couple of years because I, I 100% think they're going to win the ACC. But let the Citadel play, you know, Brown. You know what I mean? <laughs> and hey, they got TV time now. Like, there's yeah. all I've I've seen games of teams I've never heard of the past couple of weeks. And I love it, man. Football's football, but you're absolutely right. Having the SEC back, uh, it really feels like, okay, it's it, – and, again, not only is it just the SEC teams playing, but the conference schedule starts this Saturday. Exactly. I mean, in the Pick'em game that we play in our little private group that I put up every year, it, the last couple of weeks it's been tough. I'm like, really? These are the best games I can find for everybody to pick? So now we've got SEC games. And let's talk the SEC, SEC with this schedule. Again, it's a 10-game schedule, all conference, which makes me happy. I mean, I am one person who just hate – even, and Tennessee was had avoided this for so long – but it, it was going to happen, I think, this year where you were going to have teams that just play like Alabama's been playing Western Carolina, the second to last game of the season before Auburn, it seems like for the last five years. And I just love the fact that we've got 10 SEC games to play. It makes me so happy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're and I, we're, we're so blessed to be, you know, to root for a team that's in the SEC. Because if you have teams, you know, like if the ACC plays an ACC-only conference or uh, schedule, um, their strength of schedule just plummets. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of teams, um, like Arkansas' strength of schedule is the number one strength of schedule in the country because any easy game they could have had fell off. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, when you you look at it in Arkansas, maybe they're – easiest game depending on how you weigh everything just i'm just looking at the whole sec schedule is at missouri like Ugh. that that's a problem <laughs> yeah and, and you know missouri's been putting averaging 45 points the past couple of years yeah so, so yeah, it's arkansas may not win a game <laughs> they might not i mean they're opening home against georgia <laughs> it's uh, the well, Arkansas may get a win if if somebody has to forfeit for COVID. Yeah. Of course, they do have to play us, and who who knows how how we're going to do? We'll talk about Tennessee overall here. Uh, actually, let's do, let's just do that right now. Let's talk about we look at Tennessee's and how we think Tennessee's going to do this year. I mean, there's a lot of hopes, especially, and we went through the entire season last year, you and I, doing the Georgia State loss, the BYU loss, and everything else that happened. And Tennessee ends up winning all these, some of these games, including South Carolina, who they're playing week one, and Mississippi State, and running and hanging on and pulling games out in the clutch, and then just having a great Gator Bowl comeback against Indiana. When, again, it looked like all hope was lost, and we just pull it out. But does this build character, Is it, or is it just going to be more of the same when you look at Tennessee, especially having to play the schedule that we have now? I think, man, you, you hear these, these um, 
these sayings all the time, like you have to learn how to win and you have to, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But I think that's really what that team did last year, man, is, is we came in under Pruitt, had some signature wins in its first year, but didn't know how to how to win as a team and how to do that consistently, which is why we went in and we lose to a Georgia State and we lose, you know, a heartbreaker to BYU and we start, start the year as we did. Um, I think about halfway through the year they bought in and have just ran and just ran with it, um, and it really showed in, in the Indiana game at the end of the year. I mean, just to come back from that, I was actually I, I had a, sh- a show that night and I had begged and begged and begged to go on later in the show to finish that game out, and then I finally went to the guy running it. Uh, halfway through the fourth and i was like man just put me on <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it, this one's over with and then by the time i got off stage and got back uh, on the road we had won the game so um i, I got to come home and, and watch the rerun uh but yeah man I, I think that the way that they finished out the year last year just playing as a team learning how to win as a team um and i think everybody on that that team is is behind coach pro right now so i think they'll carry that into this year I don't think we'll have a start like we did last year. No, I, I, I don't think that either. Um, I mean, you, you look at the players we've got. You've got Garantano. Now it looks like he's finally got more confidence under his belt. And he, he this is the first time he's had the same offensive coordinator two seasons in a row, which is a good thing, especially with Jim Chaney. I mean, I believe in Jim Chaney all the way. But then you've got, of course, Ty Chandler – and I mean, it's going to be great to have these guys in the backfield w- with <laughs> with him and Eric Gray. It, yeah, it's going to be I think Eric Gray's got every you know. We've not had even a, a maybe like somebody that had the potential of winning the Heisman Trophy. You know what I mean? Like nobody's mm-hmm. had anywhere near that kind of talent since probably Eric Berry. Yeah. Uh, I think Eric Gray is that level of talent, man. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to be in the, even in the conversation this year, but I think next year, and if he stays for his senior year, I think he's got all the potential in the world to to do that. And one thing to consider too, with a lot of these guys, you're playing this season, you're not losing a year of eligibility. They've already stated that. So, for a lot of these guys, especially for Tennessee. You've got some of these guys on the defensive line who are all seniors. That's a really good sign. But again, you look at Tennessee, the wide receiver core, I think, is going to be where you need to maybe worry just a little bit because you don't have you don't have Jennings and Callaway there to bail you out. So is Josh Palmer going to step up? Are we going to get some help from some of these other guys that we might not have seen everything about? Is Brandon Johnson going to be there? Who else is going to step up there in the wide receiver core? Um, but the one good thing that we've got is an offensive line. And I say it all the time, and you were a lineman, you know this. You give me a great offensive line, I'm going to win with it all day long. And and again, free Cade Mays, by the way. By the, we're still recording this. They still have not made an announcement in the SEC, which is a whole other issue we'd have to devote an entire show, it seems like, to do. Oh, it, it's it's heartbreaking, man. And you and I, I, I am on the record for like 15 episodes last year, uh, <laughs> talking just 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 hating a kid that comes home prodigal son style, and just for the NCAA to 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 deny him and then come back and say, you know what, you're absolutely right. 
for it just makes no sense to me for the SEC to come out now and not give their immediate approval is insane. Yeah. Um, but, and for them to string it out the way they've strung it out, you know, the Pruitt and the whole staff is reaching out to Greg Sankey all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've not, uh, from what I understand uh, from Pruitt's comments today, is that normally every time that the SEC is going to deny someone like this, they will meet with the athlete in person, and no one's reached out to meet with Cade. Um, so, so I don't know if maybe that's hopeful. Maybe they're going to approve him, um, or maybe they just deny him without showing, which would make no sense to me in a year that eligibility doesn't matter. Let yeah. the kid play. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I promise you, whether he plays or not, he's he. We may never see him in orange because yeah. if he doesn't play this year, he is declaring for the draft. He, I I would agree with that. And again, I've said at least for the last couple of years. If coaches are able to bounce around, which they are, you got to at least give the kid, I think, a one-time go-anywhere transfer. If you do it again, sure, we'll look into maybe having to sit out or something like that. But you got to let him at least go once because especially the way college football is right now, you need to give him that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're 100% right. With – I mean, I understand the the reasoning behind it because you don't just want a kid um, to just bounce around from school to school looking for, you know, he loses that starting spot at one school and is just going to bounce to the other for no reason. Um, but, I mean, I think if you have – I do agree with you that you should have just one, one freebie to do that. J- just if you lose a starting job, just, you should be able to go. But – I mean, man, like, if you have any sort of reason, there's, like, just let the kid play. Like, you know, and it's common knowledge now, Kevin Mays, who was an amazing athlete at Tennessee, you know, his oldest goes to Georgia. Kevin's helping out, you know, not helping the team by any means, but he's down there with his son doing what he can, and he ends up almost cutting his finger off moving chairs. Like yeah, so it, I promise you, no matter in, no matter what school I've played in, from Pop Warner up through college, I promise you, if my dad is suing the school, I'm not going to touch the field. Yeah. Um, and and it's, I don't know, man. It, I don't see how they can deny him. It makes absolutely no sense to me. But you know, it's uh, it, it's just an older brother wanting to play with his younger brother one more time. Um, cause, cause to be honest with you, Cade Mays could have went to any school in the country and been their starting tackle. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, I mean, you throw Cade Mays in there, Tennessee's going to have an offensive line that we have not had in a long time. I think since probably maybe 2004 with Michael Munoz and those guys is just talk about just a solid top to bottom offensive line. And then the defensive line, you're going to have to deal with some things because Emmett Gooden got kicked off the team, which is just frustrating as all get up. Um, no chances left if you watch TV. Yeah. That's yeah, that's who boy. Um, but I mean, of course we lose Batuli from last year, but you've got, you know, Middleton and Solomon are going to still be there and you're going to Henry Toto is just, I mean, he's a, a great player. He's going to be playing on Sundays. If he keeps this, traction that he's got 
and we'll see kind of where they fit in the other linebackers. But it looks like maybe Tennessee's going to have the best secondary they've also had in a long time, too. So that makes me feel good about this defense. But again, are they at that elite level that you've got with Florida and, and Georgia and Alabama? That's what you've got to question. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think um, I think in years past, we've definitely been very sound on the defensive side, more so than the offensive side. Um, I, I definitely think that's going to balance out this year, not because the defense has gotten significantly worse. It's just our I think our offense is really going to have some firepower. But, yeah, I mean, you lose a guy like Daniel Batuli, an all-SEC, you know, type linebacker, you're going you're gonna to lose something. Um, I do – I 100% agree with you. I think Toho Toho has – Every, you know, just like how I feel about Eric Gray, I, I think that guy's gonna every opportunity to be, you know, the next great linebacker at Tennessee. And then there's a, you know, talk about good company. You know what I'm saying? AJ Johnson's playing. Just had a great game for the Broncos. Uh, you know, Nick Ravays was a, an All SEC talent. You know, Kurt Majets, I think, is still with the Colts. Like, you know, Tennessee produces these great linebackers. Al Wilson. <laughs> yeah, say less. Yeah. So that, that makes me excited. And you look at special teams. I mean, Samiglia and Brooks. Samiglia finally came on last year. He'd had a lot of hype going in. And then Brooks, I mean, as long as you average over 40 yards a kick for punting, I'm fine with that, really, especially in college football. Um, but if you can make some of these long field goals, that is a big help. Yeah, Samiglia, he's, he's something else, man. It's And again, t- Tennessee has been so prided on their special teams recently. Um, but I, I don't think we have another Trevor Daniels at punter. We definitely don't have a Colquitt back there. But you're right, man. If, if you can get it down the field, don't just don't shank it when we don't need you to. Let's just keep it moving. You know, we don't have to pin them. <laughs> we don't have to cough and corner it every time. Yep. Let's just let's just play good defense. So yeah, I, I mean, definitely, especially under Pruitt, and obviously through the last uh, season of the Butch Jones era, it definitely feels like the most depth that Tennessee has, which is good when you look again. You're playing ten conference games, and you look at this schedule that Tennessee has, though, and I mean, because Tennessee has had some tough October's over the years. I mean, even last year, they had an absolutely insane October with well first you were at Florida then Georgia you throw in Mississippi State and then you were at Alabama I mean that was a murderer's row to begin with but Tennessee this year they they start out you look at the schedule you've got at South Carolina which we'll pick here at the end but then you host Missouri and then you're at Georgia home uh, against Kentucky and home Alabama so it's not the murderer's row that you would see, even though Kentucky is ranked to start the year. So, but it's not like just going to beat you over the head, at least before that open date on Halloween. So you've got the open date and then you're at Arkansas, you host Texas A&M at Auburn, and then you're at Vanderbilt and then closing the year at home in the cold December 5th against Florida. Oh man, that's that's the game. I know we're gonna pick them later, but that is the game for me, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Let alone if we get any, if they start increasing the capacity in stadiums, there is no, there's nothing that will keep me out of Neyland. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we'll 
I don't care if they're at zero percent capacity. I will be in Neyland in December for a Florida game. You will. You will dig a tunnel. You will Bugs Bunny it under there and make sure to take the left turn at Albuquerque and get up into the stadium. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll come up through the body farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those. You know, that's what they scared Michael Orr away from UT. <laughs> <laughs> if if the movie is correct oh man i'm just i'm so excited about the sec schedule and the way it goes uh, we'll pick all these sec games uh obviously you've got 10 of them um but let's just uh real quick kind of look at some of the other games and i've got it we'll see which your which one's going to be your banking pick oh, um, I've, I've already got my banking pick yeah, okay we'll, we'll get there well, that's good to see. But you've got at least now you've got some more conference games here as well. I mean, you've got a game like even though Oklahoma is favored by twenty seven and a half, you've got Oklahoma uh, hosting Kansas State, which that, again that's I'm, a twenty seven and a half point line. Yeah, with Ooh, Oklahoma, there might be some money. To, I might have two two pickums. I think Kansas State Kansas State doesn't keep it close, but they keep it within three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma's yeah, they're gonna blow them out. But I mean, if you're if you're betting, take Kansas State. A ju- another juicy pick might just be the sixty and a half that the over under is. Yeah, man, I I, I think you take the over one hundred percent. Yeah, I do think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, be I think you know have like a uh, like a uh, you know a 48-28 game. You mm-hmm. know take. Take the over on the points. Uh, keep it with you know. There, there's you could double up there. Yep. I mean, then you've got here. You've got you've got a battle of the top twenty five teams where you've got Louisville. They're both twenty four. Louisville, of course, after that tough game against Miami last week, and they are at Pittsburgh. Uh, the line is three points for Pitt, and I mean, I'm feeling right now. And again, I haven't made my picks in the Facebook group yet. I need to. But I'm I'm really feeling Pittsburgh in this one, at least to start, because I think they're feeling better about their situation than Louisville is after that tough Miami game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, I picked Pitt in the in the Facebook group. Um, I do think it'll be close, but I think Pitt will run away with it late. I mean, I'm talking. I, I think they'll win by two touchdowns. Louis, the, the Lamar Jackson days are over at Louisville. <laughs> One one of the games that you've got here, I think is really intriguing because, again, just the situation you've got. You have an Iowa State team that lost to Louisiana, who's still ranked after barely escaping Georgia State last week in overtime. But you've got Iowa State, who I thought, if you listen to a couple of my podcasts ago, I thought Iowa State could be a real sleeper in the Big 12. They're not off to a great start to prove me right in that one. But they're playing uh, a team. They're playing a TCU team that haven't played yet because they had the SMU Iron Skillet game postponed, and they just haven't been able to get on the field yet. Yeah, does uh, did I always say they had a real great quarterback last year? Did that kid graduate? He's still there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely see how you could pick him as a sleeper. What's the line on that one? The line with TCU, TCU is favored by two and a half, and the over under is forty four and a half. Ooh, I take the over and I double down and take Iowa State to win the game. Yeah, you've got Brock Purdy is the uh, is the quarterback you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. seems seems like he's been there about six years when oh, you look yeah. at everything. I mean, with a name like Brock Purdy, I mean, come on now. Yeah, that is a college name for a quarterback right there. 
Uh, let's see, we're going to skip the SEC games. You've got, again, a game I think's going to be closer than the 18-point line. It's Texas at Texas Tech. I think a lot of people are piling on Texas because Texas Tech struggled to win against Houston Baptist. Um, I still have Texas winning, but I think it might be closer than the 18-point line. Yeah, I didn't know Houston Baptist had a football team. That's it. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Yep. Uh, it's it's weird that I even know what that school is. Um, yep. I had a friend play basketball there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I disagree with you. I think Texas is really going to – Texas isn't back, let me say that. No, they're not, even though they're, they're, they're ranked eighth right now, but they're not back. No, I think they're going to blow Texas Tech out of the water. Uh, I don't know what the over-under is. Take the over because Texas could cover it by themselves. 70 and a half. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still, I still say take the over um, yep. and t- take, take the, take, take Texas in the points. You're good. One of the one of the bets that I made that I barely won was the Notre Dame South Florida game last week, where I had, uh, which is by the way, both those teams, their games they're playing this week have been postponed. South Florida's game has been postponed, and Notre Dame versus Wake Forest has also been postponed. Um, but the over-under was 48, and I was all in on the over. And Notre Dame, had to they won 52 to nothing and had to score on a fourth down in the fourth quarter a touchdown to get me to the over. So oh, That's the best betting, though, man. You know, yeah. Just to have it there at the, the midnight hour. Yep. I can't believe Notre Dame ran away with that one the way they did. I, I mean, I picked Notre Dame. I don't know what the line was, but I definitely would have picked uh, – well, depend, depending on the line, I, I would have ventured to say I would have picked South Florida to, to stay within it. Yeah, well, they they did not at all. Um, you got another top twenty-five matchup, which is really interesting. Again, you've got Army, who has done. I mean, they've been rolling over the the two teams that they've played so far this season. And then you've got a Cincinnati team who a lot of people think could be that team to break into the New Year's Six Bowl and maybe have an outside shot at the playoffs depending, again, on how everything shakes out and who's able to finish their damn season. But Army, I mean, they destroyed Middle Tennessee and Louisiana Monroe. So they hadn't played anybody, really, up until this point, but they've looked really good doing it. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you this. What's going to hurt Army and teams like Army and Navy in the long run is that anytime you're playing an option team like that, you've got you normally you just have a week to prepare. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you don't have that time. But, like, a lot of these teams have had an extra month, month and a half of practice, and they saw Army coming up on the schedule. You know yep. what I mean? Like, it's, I promise you, these teams are, are going to be a little more prepared for it. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Louisiana Monroe, MTSU is not not quality defenses, really, to, to match up with that anyway. But again, and and hear me when I say this, I'm big on the option. I think more schools should run it. Oh, I love the option. It's the most fun to watch. Now, granted, I lost 50 bucks on a bet recently. Navy went down 24 points like in the first half (laughs) uh, in their game last week. Yep. Uh, And I bet 25 bucks that they couldn't bring it, or 50 bucks that they wouldn't bring it within two touchdowns, and they ended up winning the game. So I was (laughs) way wrong. Yeah, that was a hell of a comeback by them. I think the largest comeback they've had in the second half, I think in program history. And Navy's been around for a long time. (laughs) Thanks, Navy. Yeah, but I've got Cincinnati. Um, The the line's 13.5. I don't know if they're going to cover that, but I still have Cincinnati winning that game. It's in Cincy. 
I think to be honest with you, if it's a close game at all, I think Army could take that away, man. That's yeah. with if they can get a lead or any kind of substantial lead, they can just hold that ball, brother. So yeah. I, I think if it's close and Army can can get ahead, I think they'll keep the lead. I think they can beat them. All right. And let's see a couple other games before we get into the SEC stuff. West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State struggled with Tulsa last week. Uh, their starting quarterback was out. Their backup quarterback couldn't do bubkis, so they brought in the third string guy. He finally started chucking the ball, and they were able to get Chuba Hubbard going, um, but they barely beat Tulsa. West Virginia looked good in their first game, so we'll kind of see where that all ends up. Of course, that was against Eastern Kentucky, so I mean, you, I mean, who knows with that? Um, but Oklahoma State hey, at home, Kentucky's a good program, man. They, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the town of Coalfield from around here. Uh, that's where my mama graduated from. Uh, Eastern Kentucky's quarterback uh, is a, is a Coalfield High School graduate. Graduated with twelve kids. Oh no! <laughs> wow. I've known him since he was probably five years old. <laughs> graduated with twelve kids, man. That's and hey, he got to play. Did something that I always wanted to do. He got to play football on ESPN. That's he. Yep. Lived the, if if they never win a game, he lived the dream. That's true. Yeah. Graduate with twelve kids. I had four hundred and sixty-three in my graduating class. For crying well, out loud, I, I graduated with sixty. So like Harriman is not that much <laughs> better. But twelve. I mean, I had. I never had a class with less than twelve kids. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. So, but I've got Oklahoma State getting the win. But I think again, it could be it could be a close one, or Oklahoma State's going to blow them out. And last week was just uh, a weird aberration. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State is going to run away with that one, man. No, I don't think it'll be close. What's the line? It's seven. Oh, yeah. Take the money. Yeah, Oklahoma State's going to run away. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Oh, it's weird. It's a rivalry game, but it just doesn't feel like it, at least at this point. Florida State-Miami, game day's going down there. They're not covering any of the SEC games, which is weird. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but game day is going to be down there. Miami ranked twelfth, and again, Florida State lost to Georgia Tech last week or two weeks ago. So, I mean, Miami's favored by eleven, and I'm thinking of taking Miami. Derek yeah. King's been doing great with them. Yeah, I think you. I think Miami. I mean, Miami wins by at least two touchdowns. You know what I mean? That's easy money. Take Miami yeah. all day. Uh, and then the last one that's not an SEC game, NC State, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, again, they had to postpone the uh, Commonwealth Cup battle they have with UVA because of COVID concerns. Uh, they're playing an NC State team, and NC State looked pretty good last week getting their first win against a Wake Forest team that at least is kind of scrappy. Um, but I still just like Virginia Tech and what uh, Jason Fuentes, their coach, has been able to do out there. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think Virginia Tech's going to win that game easy. Uh, it's not going to be that much of a problem. All right. Well, let's we'll pick some SEC, and then at the end, we're going to pick at least the SEC champion as well as we get this going and get all those picks. Of course, in October, we'll do all this with the Big Ten when they finally get going as well. Um, but you look, it starts off at noon, Florida, traveling to Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, the line is 14 by the Gators. I I think Florida's going to be really good this year. Uh, with Kyle Trask, I trust him. He's probably the most accomplished quarterback left in the SEC th- that's returning. I like Florida in this one. It's a 14-point. I'm not 
too confident in taking Florida and the 14 points, but I'm going to take Florida to win that game. Yeah, I, I'm you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm also not confident enough in Ole Miss to to keep it within fourteen. Though. No, so, I mean I, this is my game. Instead of going out of the bank and taking that alone, I am staying one hundred percent away from this game. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing, man. I think Lane Kiffin. There's something special about that guy. Uh, I mean, he he's he's definitely a special guy. Dude, yes, he's a fucking moron. But uh, <laughs> I get one F bomb a season. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, but I, I, he's a hell of a football coach, man. I think if anybody can get Ole Miss going, uh, it's Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I don't know if this game was six weeks from now and they, they both had some games under the belt, I would feel a little more confident in picking. But I think I think Ole Miss may keep it close. Yep. I, I agree, but I've got Florida winning it. The only battle between two ranked teams in the SEC this week, Auburn, uh, there at number eight, hosting Kentucky, who's ranked in the top 25 at 23. Uh, Auburn is a seven and a half point favorite. I like Auburn. I'm going to just, I'm going to have confidence in the Gus bus. I don't know how much, but I've got it at least for the start of the season. What'd you say the line was? Seven and a half, Auburn. Yeah, yeah, take, bet your money. Yep. Don't don't sell the house on it, but Kentucky Kentucky at 23rd, I promise you, if, if they were considering every team in the country, there's not a number yep. beside Kentucky's name. Exactly. I, I agree with that. All right, moving on. Your defending national champions, which have barely any of those players left from the team, LSU, uh, hosting Mississippi State and the mag, the mad pirate Mike Leach uh, over there. LSU is a 16.5-point favorite against the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to see Mike Leach, man. I mean, that guy, talk about, you know, we're going to see a different Mississippi State team than we ever have, ever. And we're going to see a team in the SEC that's unlike any team we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to spread the field. He's going to throw it around the yard. Um, but, I, dude, I believe in Ed Orgeron, brother. I am I'm all in. Joe Burrow It was an incredible quarterback. They had an incredible team. But I, I think LSU is going to reload. Um, and they're because nobody nobody can bring a team together like someone that you really have to listen to or you won't understand what he's saying. <laughs> exactly. And he's from there. And I mean, it was the same reason Les Miles was so good at LSU too. LSU or Lu- the state of Louisiana has got so, so much great talent. You just have to show up at a house and be like, hey, play for the state university. And they just go there. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up. And he's like, I'm Ed Orgeron. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. It's- because that's the only thing you'll hear is the opening sentence, and you won't understand a word after that. And you'll hear Go Tigers as he's leaving. Oh, yeah. You'll hear that. Exactly. <laughs> You've got Georgia and Arkansas. Uh, that's your 4 o'clock game on the SEC Network. It's at Arkansas. Georgia at 26 and a half. Uh, again, they've gone through some quarterback issues there, but I've got Georgia just wiping the floor with Arkansas. Do you know the over-under on that one? Oh, the over-under. And it might all be Arkansas carrying that. Uh, the over-under is 52. Yeah, I, I think you double bet that, man. You take the over and take take Georgia with the points, brother. I, th- I think Georgia may score 60 on them. You, you're not wrong. That could be because they just want to show, hey, we have an offense now, so take right. that. Um, Alabama 
at Missouri. Uh, t- uh, Alabama is at minus 27. Now, again, Missouri, we got to wait on some of their COVID tests, but it looks like Alabama has been stewing ever since they got they lost at Auburn uh, and collapsed there at Auburn last year. They're just going to take out all their frustrations on a Missouri team that I don't think is ready for them at this point. So that minus 27, I think, is going to fall pretty quick with an over-under of 56. Let me ask you this, Shibley. Is Nick Saban still the coach? Yes. Take Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You've got Texas A&M hosting Vanderbilt. Texas A&M is a 31-point favorite. There's no confidence in Vanderbilt at all with an over under 46 and a half. So they're just not anticipating Vanderbilt scoring anything. Uh, I think that's correct, man. I I think Vanderbilt's in the same boat as Arkansas. I think they may not win a game. (laughs) I I honestly believe that you could have a couple of zero and 10 sec teams. That would be really interesting. Um, all right. So play Arkansas, do they? Uh, I don't think so. No, Vanderbilt. Let me look at the toilet bowl. Yeah, no. Vanderbilt does not play Arkansas, so we could have, we could have two zero and ten teams. Yeah, you you legitimately could. All right, so it comes down at least to picking week one. We're gonna pick the Tennessee South Carolina game, and then we're gonna say who's gonna win the SEC and how we think Tennessee is gonna do this season. So let's start with the game: Tennessee at South Carolina. They've got. I mean, again, we've talked about and we feel good about Tennessee. Uh, the line is three and a half. The ESPN Football Power Index matchup predictor has South Carolina as a 53% chance to win, which is a coin flip, really. And the over-under is a 43.5 point spread. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been – go ahead. Oh, I've got Tennessee – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I've almost take the under on this one. I've got yeah. Tennessee winning it like twenty to fourteen. Yeah, I, I definitely say take the under. Um, but and I've been waiting on this for like six months. Shelby, here's what I want you to do, buddy. I want you to go to the bank. <laughs> I want you. To, I want you to take out a second mortgage. I want you to take out. I want you to refinance the cars. I want you to dig up the mason jars in the backyard. Tennessee is going to wipe the floor with South Carolina. Bet it all. Bet the under. Get paid. Okay. Tennessee, I think final score, I think Tennessee, uh, I think 28-7. Okay. I like it. I would love for that to happen. That would make me very happy. I'd feel a lot better than that than my prediction of 20-14. to 14, So I'd be all in on that. Um, so now let's as we wrap this up here, uh, who who do you think is winning the SEC? I've got again. I I just like what Florida has put together. As much as I hate that, I think Florida is going to be your SEC East champions. And I've got I've got Alabama. I just think a motivated and angry Alabama team with Nick Saban there. And again, you don't have Tua, but you've just got a solid team. I think Alabama's just going to waltz through their schedule. As well, I mean, they do have to play Georgia, but they don't have to play Florida until the SEC championship game. I've got Alabama as your SEC champions and Florida uh, just winning the East. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think Alabama is gonna uh, is gonna definitely win the West. They're definitely gonna win the whole thing, in my opinion. Um, I think it, they've got to get over LSU. I think Orgeron is. Kiffin said, you know, supposedly he had said uh, when talking about coming back to Tennessee when when we were supposedly considering him, he said, "I want to retire. Uh, I want to retire Saban." Uh, I, I don't think he was a man for the job. I do think that they'd order on though. I think he's gonna. That'll be the 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 end of Alabama's dynasty is LSU beating him every year. Maybe not every year, but they'll definitely. It's not a guarantee anymore. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's not it's not this year. I, th- I think Alabama's gonna win win the SEC. Uh, but I think when it coming out of the East is going uh, to be in you get people can call me crazy all they want to, but I think it's going to be that team on the hill, buddy. Oh, I mean, I'm, I, I will call you crazy, but it's, it's all good. I mean, you picked Tennessee and you picked them what last year, every game except the Chattanooga game <laughs> to win. Uh, yeah. I picked them every game, but the Chattanooga game. Um, I always, well, teams like Alabama, I give them, uh, I give two picks. Right, give, of course. I give my, uh, I, I give my pick on the show, and then my pick in the Facebook group is the real pick. Of course, of course. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I, I think Georgia is going to have a down year. Uh, I think that Kirby does not have that team going the way in the right direction. Um, I think that you know, especially with the amount of transfers and, and the the guys that have transferred, the the light that's kind of come out. I mean, Kirby just does not have the faith of that team right now, in my opinion. So I think I think Georgia comes in third in the East. I do think you're right. Florida's going to have a, a an up year um, as opposed to the past four or five. But I think playing them at the end of the year, uh, just like Tennessee has in years past, we're going to have to beat them to get to Atlanta, and I think we take them. All right. I love the confidence. I've got Tennessee – I've got them at six and four. I've got losses because I still just think Tennessee is going to be better than they were last year overall. And again, I just don't think it's going to just be as much of a heart attack season as it's been the last couple of years. But I've got Tennessee. I just don't think they're at the level yet of Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. So I've still got them losing those games, which I I know going into next year, Pruitt's going to have to start at least getting – competitive and hopefully winning at least one of them and then i've got tennessee i've got them winning against south carolina missouri kentucky arkansas and vanderbilt and then the coin flip i think they're going to win either they're going to beat either texas a&m or auburn and lose to the other one out west in those back-to-back weeks so i think tennessee's going six and four this year yeah i've got them at eight and two i think uh i do i do agree with you there's a couple of coin flip games um but I, like I said, I think Georgia's down. I think we can. I think we get them. Um, you know, kind of fairly early in the season, they'll have a chance to be that beat up in theory. Um, I think we get Georgia. Uh, my coin flips are the same as yours. I think A and M and Auburn um, are, are both coin flips. Uh, I think we win one of those and lose one, and then unfortunately, we're we're gonna lose to Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, you know, the the world is still spinning. Yeah, it's still spinning, and Nick Saban's still their head coach. So, yep. I mean, hell, the last time we beat Alabama was 2006 when I was a grad student and I was at that game. So, yeah. that's uh, been a while. Yeah. Yep, I think I think we lose to A and M or Auburn. Um, we're we're going to be eight and two or seven and three. We may lose both those games, 
but I think if we can get past Georgia, if we have a chance to go to Atlanta to uh, going into the Florida game, I think we can beat them. Yep. Yeah, if it comes down to that Florida game, God, that would be amazing. If it comes down to the Florida game in the cold in December, that would totally reek of awesomeness. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that you know, that's that's the only thing that can save this year, man, is, is that game in Neyland. <laughs> the the way this year has been going, who knows at this point. Hopefully we can finish the damn year. That's what I'm looking and wanting to do. So Yeah, man. It's we we've, you know, shared our personal feelings about yep. the way the world is going right now so this is not the podcast for that nope um but i i think that with all the bad that is there i do think that we'll finish out the year unless something crazy happens yeah uh, so if anything if uh, with all the bad we do have something good exactly it's so football we'll time that. in tennessee that's what's good yes sir all right. Well, Trey, where can they find you? Besides, of course, on our other awesome podcast, Sagas and Shenanigans, where you play the just stupendous uh, Tracheles, the Goliath Barbarian. Yeah, the the Bardbarian, man. I'm the trying Bardbarian, to, yes. I'm doing everything I can to to, to just swoon all of the every everyone we come into contact with and it's not working yeah uh yeah man sagas and shenanigans that that shows a lot of fun i never if you'd asked me or if anybody that listens to this that that knows me um from being a football guy uh it's D D that means dungeons and dragons um it was the kid is the game that the kids played that we picked on uh it's a whole bunch of fun and we should have been playing with them exactly all the time. I, I agree with that. I mean, I was always a nerdy kid, but I could just never get into D&D. I just thought that was too much for me. And then we've started playing it. Mrs. Shibbles, my wife, is involved in it too, and it's just a load of fun. So check that uh, out. Where can they find you on the on the socials and everything? The socials, uh, just at Trey Pack on Twitter. I'm still on there just being ridiculous. Uh, Instagram's at Trey Pack 1, Facebook's Trey Pack. Um, definitely find me on Facebook for any upcoming potential comedy shows um, with uh, with football. Some some comedy shows are coming back, so we're we're starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Excellent. Um, All we'll right, I love it. Hey Trey, thank you for coming on, and of course uh, we will uh, do. We, we want to do this next week when hopefully we're celebrating a Tennessee win. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, for everybody, as always, too sweet. Love you. See you next time.